the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Well, it's a delight and a joy to have a very special guest with us, and uh, certainly longtime listeners will recognize his voice as the host of Bay Area and Beyond, also serving as one of the hosts of the Pastors Forum. And it's a delight to have with us on the program today the lead pastor of One Church of American Canyon, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols. Pastor Nichols is a graduate of Simpson University in San Francisco and has got many, many years' experience in everything from overseas missions work to local church ministry. And Dr. Nichols, what a delight to have you on the program today. Now tell me, just as a sort of a lead-off question, I understand that recently your church had to undergo some repair work to its foundation, and that kind of was used by the Lord to open up some other exciting doors that we'll get into in a moment. But meanwhile, tell us what happened. I understand you had some foundation repair work that needed to be done, which kind of required finding, at least for a short while, a new temporary church home. Tell us what happened. Thank you so much. We asked one of our sister churches uh, in American Canyon, uh, could we come out and worship with them? And they said, yes. And so two weeks before it was time for us to come out, their pastor called me and said, I just resigned today. <laughs> so I, we, of course, call our district superintendent and he said, you know, you are a seasoned senior pastor. I'm handling some fires right now. Can you just go out and, and just pastor? They need a pastor and you need a building. So it's a perfect scenario. And we did that. Craig, after four months of being out there, we knew that God was up to something big. And so we were there celebrating their 30th year church anniversary with them. We were all worshiping together. And one of the senior most members got up and said, Pastor Nichols, we are so glad that you all are here. And we are praying for your building project at your other site. We're praying that it'll never happen, <laughs> that it'll never be completed, because we're so happy to have you here. And that opened the door for us to really start discussing what the Lord was showing us all. And after a year or so of just fellowshipping together, they officially asked me to become their pastor. And then we began to talk about merging the churches together. So this is a slow, this is a slow, intentional walk of merger. And then COVID happened. <laughs> and I thought that all of our plans were, you know, smashed and, uh, and over, but God knew what he was doing. It was because of COVID, it brought us together for survival it brought us together to use the skill sets that we all needed to become one. And we became one mentally and spiritually and emotionally through COVID. And so, of course, after COVID, 
we went on to uh, change the name and merged officially. And so we are now one church of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. So thank you for allowing me to explain that. Well, and, and I love that sense of the church is coming together, pooling resources, getting creative, taking a very, as you say, intentional deliberate approach to all this, because sadly we hear of stories all the time of a church that just kind of gets tired and maybe leadership steps down, retires, whatever the case might be, and the inclination is just to kind of raise the white flag and that's the end of it. And so to maintain that spiritual legacy that each of these congregations have enjoyed and to continue to see that that forward momentum uh, I, I think is encouraging, and and I absolutely love the name because, as I said in the opening remarks, it really is indicative of an answer to Christ's prayer that we all might be one. And I and I think too that sense of unity. Let's face it: we look at what's going on in the world today. We know that the enemy is continuing to try and sow seeds of discord, not only in the church but all around us. I mean, he is about trying to make as much of a difficult time for us as he possibly can. But at the end of the day, of course, we've read the book. We know how the story ends. We know who's in charge. Spend some time, if you would, Pastor, and just talk about some of the challenges that you've seen in relationship to pastoring as we talk about what we see in society today. You know, I remember my, my folks used to kid about, well, you've got it so much easier. When I was a kid, I had to walk, you know, 10 miles in the snow uphill to school every day and 10 miles in the snow uphill back home every day. How it was uphill both ways, I never quite did understand. Right. But I think about the comparison of the challenges that our folks saw versus we ourselves and future generations in my, my. If you look at what's going on in entertainment, you look at the violence in the streets in places like Vallejo and Oakland and elsewhere around the Bay Area, and I think we really begin to get a glimpse of the fact that this is, in the truest sense of the word, spiritual warfare. It truly is. And I began this um, journey of what I call multicultural ministry uh, back in San Francisco uh, when I was asked to be the pastor of a church. And they had um, perhaps 20 Italians and two uh, Latino or, or Hispanic uh, families. And they promised, they said, Craig, we do have one African-American family. <laughs> <laughs> and, but they were on vacation when I came to preach. I didn't believe them. <laughs> and I said, God, is this where you are asking me to pastor? And he said, yes. And I, he had built some multicultural DNA within me. I always had uh, the uh, the desire to travel and to be global and not just local, but global as well. And God did it. And I began to really understand that it was going to be a different kind of ministry if you were going to minister in a multicultural setting. And now we're talking about multicultural congregations because the Philip, the, the church that we merged in with uh, is a 80% uh, Filipino congregation. And so God was preparing me even then for now. And the more I look at the world and the more I look at Vallejo and American Canyon, uh, which if you put those two cities together, is probably one of the most diverse uh, areas uh, per population within the entire United States. 
Now, we can thank God for the Navy for, for doing that uh, way back when, uh, but and we still feel that in Vallejo, but it is an extremely diverse community, uh, um, and they, they are two different communities, Vallejo and American Canyon, as far as eco, uh, economic uh, wise, uh, American Canyon is a part of Napa County, but to be able to do that ministry together and bring people from all ethnic backgrounds together is a tremendous, is tremendous, uh, task and skill and challenge. I still preach in African American churches. Uh, my former training was Baptist and it's easier. It's easier for me to go and preach at a Baptist church and I know what to say and I can get an amen and hallelujah, everything is good. <laughs> but when you are preaching in this dynamic environment of multiculturalism, it's almost uh, as if it's, you, you have to know what not to say. And I have uh, adopted the fact that I am me. <laughs> I, I'm going to preach it the way God has gifted me to be able to preach it. But I've also been a student of the word. Thank, thank you, Jesus. A graduate of Simpson University, uh, uh, BA when Simpson was in San Francisco, and also my MDiv when uh, they moved to Reading. So I, I know how to dissect the word of God. So the two come together. <laughs> the two come together and we create this dynamic. And I always say, if you are going to be in a multicultural uh, church environment, God's going to create his own culture, but he also wants the people to be themselves. And so if you come as a Hispanic musician and you do songs in Spanish, come on, do Amazing Grace in Spanish. You know, we may do two verses in Spanish and one in English, and everybody who speaks English is going, what's going on? <laughs> it's, it's like, Greg, when you get on the international flights and it really truly is Israeli airline. And so they give you the instructions in all the other languages first. And then finally, English is last. <laughs> and you're like, hey, I thought we were first. <laughs> it's an eye-opening experience. And then God comes in the midst of it all. And he says that God is not a respecter of persons, that he wants all men everywhere to be saved and to know him. And we just had communion. And one of the scriptures that we use was 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 17, where it says, since there is one bread, we are many, we who are many are one body, for we are all we all partake the one bread, and that is so important. And so when we see, uh, even though California is diverse, we are still a part of the United States of America, and we still see so much divisiveness, yeah. uh, racial divisiveness, ethnic divisiveness, political divisiveness, and sometimes that gets discouraging until I hear the Lord says, but that is why I have you and other multicultural churches here as a light to this darkness. Dr. Nichols, as our time begins to wind down, spend a couple of moments. We, we talked earlier on about uh, the merger of the churches and the excitement that's going on. But for folks that are new to the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe looking for a new church home, tell us what they'll find at One Church of American Canyon. 
One Church of American Canyon is that one church where we are experiencing reconciliation through the cross, one body through the cross. We are uh, many members, but one body. You will experience love. You will experience uh, dynamic music in many different cultural expressions. And we let it rip. <laughs> we just let, let it happen the way you've been gifted to present it. Come on and, and teach us. Uh, we have often had on the screen uh, several languages of the uh, same song. One verse we do in Tagalog, one verse we do in Japanese, or and one verse we might do in English. Uh, but that's wonderful. That's wonderful multiculturalism. You will also find a dynamic outreach ministry. We are concerned about the poor. We are concerned about the least of these. And as a, a good Christian, Christian Missionary Alliance person, of course, globally, uh, we are in uh, 65 different countries and we can easily go overseas and do ministry. But what about home? He said in Jerusalem first. So we are local and global in our mindset and outreach. So every uh, third Saturday, we are out uh, on the streets in one uh, capacity or another. Uh, we do have a heart for the homeless camps that are around. And you're beginning to see so many. And one of the heartbreaking things about the homeless camps is you go one month, and then you go back the next month and they're not there anymore. They've, uh, you know, the city has cleaned them out or, or ran them out. And I, I understand the, the legislation of all of that, but that tells me how temporary, uh, the, the life is uh, and the housing is for people in these homeless shelters. And we take food, we take the gospel, we pray, we ask people, do they know the Lord Jesus Christ? And it's a marvelous thing to experience. We've also adopted uh, four schools, two in American Canyon and two in um, uh, two in uh, Napa. And we supply school supplies to them and we go up and we uh, have different uh, meetings with the uh, young people. We're getting to know American Canyon and uh, we eventually uh, will have people on campus uh, doing hall monitoring and different things of that nature. And because of our volunteering there in the schools, one of the groups, uh, a para, sort of a para-school uh, group, uh, wanted to have a summer camp. And they were being displaced uh, in the school. And we were able to come alongside of them. And they had that summer camp at our church this summer. And uh, 20 or more young people uh, tearing the place up for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so this is this this is the last week for the camp. But what a connection we made with the parents, we made with everyone else. We also wanted to have this year a community cleanup day. So we partnered with Recology, uh with Starbucks, with Dunkin Donuts and so many others uh uh provided food and uh one of our uh, restaurants provided lunch for the volunteers, but Recology brought three huge dumpsters and we communicated with the community, bring your junk, bring your trash and dump it for free. And they did. And to tell you the truth, Craig, I didn't know how this was going to go, but God said, do it. And we launched out and the men sponsored this uh, at our church. There was one story that I will tell you where I went to U-Haul. Uh, they were giving us a truck and other supplies 
and I went to take them the flyers. And the guy behind the counter took the flyer and ran out to the lady uh, that was in front of me. And he said, hey, hey, this is what you were asking me about. Here is a lady that had to leave her apartment. Uh, She was being evicted because her son did something that he was not legally supposed to do. And so she had to find a new place. And she did not have the money to haul away the junk. (laughs) And so here's this lady in U-Haul. We're ministering to her. She's crying and weeping because God has answered her prayer. And I could tell you stories like that of all the people who came to dump their junk because the church in American Canyon said yes to the Lord. I think those creative ways that allows for community engagement and for a presence of the gospel. You know, we can stand on a street corner and shout out the good news of the gospel. We can go door to door and meet folks. We can share with people that we work with. We can say an encouraging word to the waitress at the local restaurant that seems to be tired and overwhelmed and discouraged. We can can help a neighbor take a bunch of junk to the trash and all the while take advantage of opportunities, both great and small, to be his witnesses. At the end of the day, Dr. Nichols, it is the greatest example of the church being the church, and I love it. And for folks that would like to get more information about One Church, uh, a couple of things I'll mention. First, service, they meet at 233 James Road in American Canyon, and you can get complete details online by going to One Church CMA, think Christian Missionary Alliance, onechurchcma.org. Dr. Nichols, tell us what the service times are. Service time is at, uh, we have uh, Sunday school that we call uh, Christian Living, that starts at 9 o'clock a.m. And then at 10.30, we have our morning worship experience. And we uh, have uh, throughout the week, you can check the website, uh, Bible studies. And recently, Craig, we have decided to, we were praying on Saturdays, every Saturday morning. And now we have decided from 7 o'clock until uh, uh, 7.30 every night, Monday through Friday, we will pray. And the saints are there. If you're looking for a praying church, and we're doing this over the phone, <laughs> if you want a praying church, we are that church for you. Exciting things going on. And again, we'll point you to the website to get more information about One Church of American Canyon online at onechurchcma.org. And our thanks to lead pastor, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, for being with us. Pastor, always a delight to visit with you. We look forward to the next opportunity. Thank you so much. God bless you. Praise God. Exodus chapter 3. Hallelujah. 13. Thank you, Jesus. But Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me 
from generation to generation. We read for your hearing Exodus, finally, chapter 3, verses 13 through verses 15. And at the reading of God's word, may God be, may his people be, and may the devil be at the reading of his holy word. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, call God by his name. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, call God by his name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes you get messages from funerals. <laughs> last, last week I was uh, doing a funeral, uh, eulogizing a former member uh, in San Francisco, and uh, everybody obviously were confused. They came to eulogize and to remember one person, but on the funeral program was a name, and I'm going to make up a name so as not to say the name of the real person, but it was Theophilus Ernest Esquire III that was on the funeral uh, program. And everybody got up and said, I I don't know who this is, (laughs) because I called him Teddy. (laughs) And then another person came from his hometown of Alabama, and they said, I sure don't know who this is. We called him Ray Ray. (laughs) And then everybody said, I don't know who this is because his wife always called him Theo. (laughs) Theopolis Ernest Esquire III. That's his name. Amen. And even if you called him either one of those names that other people knew him by, guess what? He would have answered because that's who he was to them. And that was their experience with him. Well, it's the same way with God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God has a lot of names, especially in the Old Testament. Amen. And they're all summing and summarizing themselves in the name of Jesus in the New Testament. But God is referred to by a number of names in the Bible. And not just a single name, but many different names he is summoned by. By some counts, there are more than 20 different single names that he is accounted by and is mentioned in the Bible. And each of these names has great significance in them. Each one tells us something important about God tells us something important about his character and how he relates to us. In summary and in application, I'm giving you the application before I even give you the lesson. Amen. There are at least four or three different applications or understandings of this name. Somebody said number one. Number one, they reveal God's character during a moment in the journey or a miracle in the season of our lives. And that is on the screen as well. Yet the, 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 yet the reveal remains eternally relevant in our lives. His name reveals something about his character and, and during a moment or miracle in our lives. Are we not able to get the screen this morning? Okay, so, all right, thank you. And then God revealed himself 
to a person and expected the person or persons to remember his name and to share that name broadly. That as God's name, somebody say his name, as his name is revealed, it is expected of the person to remember that name. And sometimes there was a memorial established at that moment and at that time. And then they were to also share that name broadly. This is why when they came to Jericho, they had already heard of this God of the Hebrews. And we were to expect it or they were expected to recite the incident over and over again from the next generation to the next generation, just as the scripture said this morning. And then thirdly, each name is not representing a different God. Somebody say that out to me. Each name is not representing a different God. It's just representing a different characteristic of God at that moment and at that time in that person's life. But all of these names point to the one and the true and the living God. Amen. It points to the one and the true and the living God. And then this is the one that I just absolutely love. Each name brings different intimacy in the relationship that we have with this God. Anybody know him as a healer? Anybody know him as a provider? Anybody know him as a shepherd? Anybody know him as Jehovah Mekadesh, my standard? He is that wonderful God in my life. That's why the old folks used to say, you can't tell it like I can, what the Lord has done for me. You see, because what he's done for me, he might not have done for you. Or you might not be experiencing him in that moment as I am experiencing him in that moment. Don't hold my shout, hallelujah. Don't doubt my testimony. I know him for of myself, hallelujah, and I know him as a God who's able to do anything in my life. Have I got a witness this morning? And so we have a few names, and we won't be able to go through all of these 20 names, but we've got Bible study. Hallelujah. The names given to God are a response to his moment and miracle in our lives on the journey of our lives. Amen. And sometimes you know him in 2022 as a God who is a healer. And then maybe in 2021, he was a God who was a provider. But he will always be, somebody say Elohim. Elohim. Elohim, God the creator. God, the name that is most commonly associated with God in the Old Testament and in the beginning, amen, is Elohim. It is a plural noun, meaning more than one. And we see God the Father, God the Son, all in the creation, even when they say, let us make man in our own image. The word is plural. Elohim is always 
always used as a singular destination and uh, 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 dissemination for God, the one God, amen, all wrapped up in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It is a uniquely Hebrew word that occurs over 2,000 times in the Word of God, and we discover it in the Bible right out of the gate, amen, when it says, in the beginning. God. Somebody say, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. God has created the heavens and the earth. God has created you. He created man in his own image. He is Elohim above all other Elohim, above all other creative gods, because ancient history has its gods of fire and gods of the moon and gods of the sun and gods of the wind, amen, who create in the minds of those believers believers, uh, various circumstances in life. But I'm here to tell you, God is above all other gods. Amen. They said that the devil and Jesus were having a conversation, and uh, the devil said, oh, you, you think you the creator? You ain't all that. You know, you think you can create a man? I can create a man just like you did. That ain't nothing. And so the devil bent down, and then he took some mud, and he took some dirt, and Jesus said, wait a minute, create your own dirt. <laughs> Create your own dirt, amen, because I am the creator of everything. There is nothing in the world that is created that I did not create. I created the heavens and the stars. I divided the waters from the earth. I divided the light from the darkness. I put the beauty in the tulip, amen, and I put the petal in the rose. I caused the waterfall to fall down instead of falling up. Oh, y'all don't hear me this morning. I put the stars in their sockets. I put Orion in its orbit. I am God. And I created man out of the ground. And I breathe into him the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus, this morning for Elohim. God, Elohim is great and powerful. He is the epitome of might and power. This is why Paul says that he does what he does in Romans 1 and 2. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been. You can look at the world and tell that there is formality to it. You can look at the world and tell that there's order to the world. You can look at the world. Has anybody ever sat and looked at a sunset over the ocean and you think you're looking at one color and then it shades into another color? 
That's the hand of God. Amen. Have you ever sat at the ocean and just looked at the waves coming in and the waves going out? That's nothing but the power of God. Solomon said, I just look at an eagle and I am amazed at an eagle in its flight. Amen. If you feel as though the world has tossed you to and fro, I beg of you, go outside. Get outside. Put your toes in the grass. Put your toes in the water. And you will be amazed at this great God who created it all. Amen. And so we thank God because the earth is the Lord's. Hallelujah. And everything in it. Somebody say everything in it. The world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas, and he founded it on the he founded it on the seas, and he established it on the waters. Somebody said, God is Elohim. He is the creative God. Amen. And what do you need for him to create for you in your life today? Do you need him to create a job? He's able to create that job. Do you need him to be able to create a loan? I've had them shake their head and say, you don't apply. And I prayed, and they called me back and said, wait a minute. We have a new program. Hallelujah. And you qualify. Elohim, come on, Elohim. Do what you do. Amen. And do it how you do it in the name of Jesus. So he is Elohim. And then the highest level of what they called him, they couldn't even call it, is Yahweh. Somebody say Yahweh. Yahweh, this is that God who is all-powerful. He is almighty. He is the all-important resource. It's important to understand his name. Amen. Yahweh is his name. It was so powerful until they did not say his name. They could write it down. Four letters in the Hebrew letter. Y-H-W-H. They wrote his name. It means Yahweh or Jehovah. And listen, if you're going to serve this kind of God, you got to be like him. Amen. You got to be all powerful, almighty, all courageous, all uh, full of uh, full of uh, of hope and, and faith in your life. They say that there was a group of soldiers who brought a coward, a traitor to Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great was to try him for treason. And Alexander the Great looked at this man who they threw before him, this soldier, and Alexander the Great said to him simply, what is your name? He said, Alexander. Alexander said, what is your name? He said, Alexander. Alexander the Great looked at him and said, young man, young soldier, you either change your name or you change your character. Either change your name or you change your character. And when we talk about Yahweh, you have to come up to Yahweh's standards. Amen. You, who, who sent me? I am that I am. This is God's actual name in Hebrew. It's incredibly appropriate that we uh, talk about Yahweh, where all the other names were descriptions of God. This is God's actual name given to Moses from within the burning bush. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, uh, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what am I? 
Why? To tell them. Moses also understood all of the fact that the Israelites had been in Egypt for 430 years and they had been inundated with all the other names of the gods of Egypt. So don't tell me that your environment will not change you, that your environment will not influence you. Your environment will change you from loving this God who is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And so God says, I need you to give them the name. Tell them, I am that I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am. Somebody say, I am. I am what? I am everything you need. I am. I am what? I'm what you need at this moment in your life. I am. I am what? I'm the water. I'm the life. Hallelujah. I'm the breath. I'm the bread of life. I am the resurrection of life. I am everything that you could ever think that you need. Somebody say, I am. I am sent you. The name Yahweh is known here as the Tetra grammation, which is, which simply means consisting of four letters only. The four letters that make up the name are Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey again. The Jewish traditions consider this name too sacred to even speak aloud. And some translators translate this four-letter name Yahweh or Jehovah uh, or Lord in all caps, L-O-R-D in all caps. The name speaks of God's immediacy, oh my God, and his attendance as God to his people's situation. It alludes to God's omnipotence. In other words, he's got what? All power in his hand. Somebody say all power. It speaks to his omniscience. He knows everything about everybody. Somebody say he's all knowing. And it also speaks to his omnipresence. He is everywhere at the same time. Somebody say he's everywhere at the same time. While we are praying to him in Vallejo, he's also in San Francisco. Have I got a witness? While they're praying in San Francisco, he's also in Georgia. Have I got a witness, Georgia, who is watching this morning? And while folks are praying in Georgia, he's also in South Africa. He's in Korea. He's in China. He's in Russia. He's in the Ukraine. He's in London. He's in Paris. He's in everywhere at the same time. Why? Because I am that I am who I am. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand, the right hand of his righteousness of Yahweh, L-O-R-D, that was displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, they feared I am who I am. They feared uh, Yahweh and put their trust in him uh, and in Moses, his servant, according to Exodus chapter 14 and verse 31. When they saw those plagues, 
They said, who is this God that we served? He turned water, uh, turned to blood, and frogs filled the land, lice filled the land, flies filled the land, livestock and pestilence and boils and hail and locusts and darkness and the killing of the firstborn children, so much so until Pharaoh himself said, go and serve your God. Go and serve Yahweh. And even on the journey, they got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh changed his mind. And the Red Sea was before them and Pharaoh's army was behind them. And God basically had a talk with Moses and Moses said, what do I do? And God said, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? You got faith in your hand. You got hope in your hand. You got my word. You have my power in your hand. Stretch it out. Anybody need to stretch out on God's word today? Anybody need to stretch out on the hope that God has in your life today? Somebody says stretch it out. As a matter of fact, get your hand. Get your hand in the air. Wave it like, oh, that's another song. Just stretch it out. Somebody just stretch it out in the name of Jesus. Stretch it out on your family. Stretch it out on your career. Stretch it out on your home. Stretch it out over America. And the waters divided themselves and the children of Israel went across on what? Dry ground. And Pharaoh pursued. But all of Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea. This is Yahweh. This is Yahweh. I am who I am. So much so that when they came up to Jericho, they said, we've already heard of your God. And we're shutting everything up. We, nothing is going out and nothing is going in. But how do you know Yahweh has a way to get in? Hallelujah. Yahweh has a way to get in to your issues. Yahweh has a way to get into your situation. Yahweh has a way to get into the tightest moment in your life. Somebody say, Yahweh, have your way in my life. Somebody say, Yahweh, have your way in my life. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, said Joshua. And you know with all of your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises of the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. And in Joshua 23 and 14, he uses the name Yahweh as the promise keeper. How do you believe God will keep his word? God keeps his promises. Somebody say it again. Speak to your spirit. Say, Yahweh, have your way in my life. So we talked about Elohim. Love that name. Hallelujah. The creative God. We talked about Yahweh, the one who I am, who I am. I want to introduce one to you now that we don't talk about too much, but Jehovah Shammah. Somebody say Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah, Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is there. Amen. God has a name. Jehovah Shammah. God is there. When the Israelites was at the height of idolatry. God withdrew his presence from Jerusalem. This removal of God's presence also signaled a removal of God's protective hand, and the Israelites were taken captive by surrounding nations and scattered. But God promised to restore his beloved nation.
and reestablish his presence in Jerusalem. God makes this promise through the prophet Ezekiel, who predicts a new city where God dwells, where God will be there. In Ezekiel 48 and 35, it describes that city. It says the distance all around will be 18,000 cubits. And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah. The name Jehovah Shammah doesn't really occur in the New Testament, but but hold on, hold on. Can I teach for a moment? Can I teach for a moment? But the Apostle John, amen, on the Isle of Patmos has a vision, too, of another city. And it sounds and looks like the same city that we see that Ezekiel had. Amen. Number one, praise God, both of the cities were visions. Ezekiel had a vision and John had a vision. Don't tell me that God is not the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. And so both of them had a vision. Y'all hanging in here with me? Say, I'm hanging with you, Pastor. Amen. Secondly, both saw men with a measuring rod. You got to read Ezekiel 40 and 3 and Revelations 20 and 15. They both were measuring the city. How you know God is exact in your future? God knows exactly what he wants to do for you in your future. For God says that don't think that I think towards you thoughts of evil, but I have thoughts of peace thoughts of good to give you a hope and to give you a future. Y'all miss your shout right there. Hallelujah. And then both of these cities have 12 gates. Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And then both of these cities were cities built for square, with each side measuring 4,500 cubits. Amen. And John's city is also a square. Amen. Even though the, uh, the his dimensions are a little bit different than Ezekiel's. I'm here to tell you that God is establishing within us that he is Jehovah Shammah. And what does that mean? That means that God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God is a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And according to Psalms 23 and 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thy rod and thy staff are with me. They comfort me. How many have walked with God through valleys and through the shadows of death? How many of you walked with God and felt him walking with you through difficulty and through dark days in your life? Can I get a witness this morning that God will be there, that God will be with you if you just graduated? Hallelujah. Jehovah Shammah will be there as you start your career, as you start the next level of your life. If you just got married, Jehovah Shammah will
will be there in your situation. If you just got a divorce, Jehovah Shammah will be there for you in your life. If you just lost a loved one, Jehovah Shammah will be there with you for the rest of your days. If you just got news of some physical diagnoses in your life, Jehovah Shammah will be there in your situation. If you just got laid off, can I just call the roll? Amen. If you just got laid off, Jehovah Shammah will be there in your life. Whatever your situation, wherever you may find yourself, somebody say, God will be there. Come on, say, God will be there. Come on, say, God will be there. He promised us that I will be with you always, even to the end of the ages. Hallelujah. You ought to give God a hand of praise this morning. He is Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. He will be there. And then lastly, his name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus. I think some of you all may remember me telling the story of me learning these names in Old Testament study in at Simpson Bible College when I was probably 19 or so. And I came over to my uh, godmother who had taught Sunday school for 50 years, a wonderful Christian, and I told her about Jehovah Elohim. And I told her about Jehovah Shammah. I told her about Jehovah Jireh. The Lord God, my provider. And I told her about Jehovah Rapha. Oh, the God who heals. And she looked at me and she said, young man, they're teaching you some mighty things over there at that Bible college. She said, keep on learning. She said, but I got one thing to tell you. I said, what is it, God mama? She said, his name is Jesus. <laughs> his name is Jesus. In all of the names. God is not instituting different gods, but he is saying this is how God operates in this moment and in this time and even in Yahweh, that name Jehovah, derivative of Joshua in the Old Testament is all pointing to, somebody say Jesus. The one who saves us. Amen. The one who delivers us. The name Jesus announced to Joseph and Mary through the angels means Yahweh saves. Yahweh is salvation. Some may say Yeshua. Amen. The Jewish derivative. The, uh, 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 and so we thank God. The word is a combination of Yah. An abbreviation for Yahweh, the name of Israel's God, and the verb Yasha, meaning rescue, deliver, and save. Is that not what he has done in our lives? He has rescued us. He has saved us. He has delivered us. And how many of you are glad this morning that he did that? His name, the name of Jesus is important because of the meaning and because of whom it represents. There's power and a Authority in the person of Christ Jesus. And of course, the person is designated by name more so than any other name. We associate the name of Jesus and his distinctive 
character, his quality, and the work that he did on the cross of Calvary and in the grave. Salvation is the name of Jesus alone. Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected, which has become the what? The chief cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven and earth. I'm starting to feel something here given to mankind by which we must, somebody said we must be saved. Is through the name of Jesus. Forgiveness of sins is received through the name of Jesus. All the prophets testified about the coming of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. It is through his name that believers are baptized in his name. Whether you say in the name of Jesus or whether you say in the name of the Father, in the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. His name has got to be in there. And yes, even when we pray, we pray in the name of who? In the name of Jesus. Amen. Healing and miracles were performed in his name. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is in the name of Jesus that the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him and you can all see it declared Peter amen it's in the name of who somebody say Jesus Jesus teaches us to pray in his name that is to pray in his authority he is the one who uh, we are looking to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was before him endured the cross despised the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God thank God he is on the right hand that's the strong side of God God. And he is seated there, not just to rest, but to intercede for you and for me. Somebody said, thank God. I can ask in his name. I can seek in his name. I can knock in his name. And he said, you can ask anything in my name and it shall be done. Anybody believe that today in the name of Jesus? In every way, Jesus lives up to his name. The name Jesus reminds us of the power and the presence and the purpose of our risen Christ. All scripture goes on to say as I prepare to close, thank God for the name. You got to call him by his name. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Jesus also said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. It's by the name of who? Somebody say Jesus. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. Hallelujah. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. You got to ask by the name of who? 
And then Jesus says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank God you can call on his name this morning. If you don't know him as your Savior, you can call on his name this morning. If you need help, you can call on his name. If you need hope, you can call on his name. If you need deliverance, you can call on his name. Somebody just call his name right now. Just say, Jesus. Oh, there's power in that name. Somebody say, Jesus. Oh, there's hope in that name. Somebody say, Jesus. There's healing in that name. Oh, yes, 1 Corinthians 6 and 11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Our nation needs that name today. Our nation needs the hope of the Lord today. If I was to call out the name of Bush, some of y'all would become angry. If I was to call out the name of Jimmy Carter, the other group would become angry. If I was to call out the name of Trump, some of y'all would become angry. If I would call out the name of Biden, several of you would become angry. But I don't come in the name of Bush. I don't come in the name of Biden. I don't come in the name of Trump. I don't come in the name of the Supreme Court. But I come in the name of the one who is above all principalities and above all powers. I come in the name of the one that will still be here when Bush is gone, when Trump is gone, when Biden is gone, when the Supreme Court members are no longer alive. I come to the one who is Elohim. I come in the name of the one who is Jehovah. Hallelujah. Yahweh. I come in the name of the one who is Jehovah Shaman. And I come in the name of the one who rolled down through generation after generation. I come in the name of the one who said... Give me hands like man's hands, and I'll go. I tried to leave it alone. I come in the name of the one who said, give me eyes like man's eyes, and I'll go. I'll die for man. I come not to minister, hallelujah, and be ministered unto, but I came to minister, to give my life as a ransom for many. I come in the name of the one who walked on the water. I come in the name of the one who changed water into wine. I come in the name of the one who healed the sick and raised the dead. I come in the name of the one who went on yonder's cross for you and for me. I come in the name of the one who hung them on the cross. I'm so glad that he didn't come down. I'm so glad that he stayed right there. Are you glad that he stayed on the cross? Are you glad that he died for your sins? 
like you died for my sins. But I'm so glad, hallelujah, that Joseph and Nicodemus came and laid him in Joseph's new tomb. I'm glad that he stayed there all night, Friday night. I'm so glad that he stayed there all night, Saturday night. But can you say early, early, early? That Sunday morning, he got up, he got up from the grave. He's alive. Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, Senior Pastor of One Church of American Canyon. This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to the website and email to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.